I think whenever we have this mentality that we can't admit our wrong, we can't have our wrongs pointed out to us. We can't take that kind of correction. I think that can kind of create sort of a, a self-destruction, a self-implosion a little bit. Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that attempts to break down cultural assumptions and then view them from a more biblical lens. I'm Josh Phillips, joined always by Mr. Shane Skirvin. Shane, how you doing over there, man? I'm doing great. A little late night tonight, huh? Yeah, a little bit late, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll we get Christmas coming up soon. Any, uh, well, I know you recently told me that you, you did like that sort of the traditional thing. This is kind of weird to me coming from where I live here in the, in the, the heart of Texas here in Dallas. Yeah, you would actually chop down your own Christmas tree, right? Well, I used the chainsaw, but yeah, yeah. Uh, went up in the woods. You didn't. Uh, you didn't Clark Griswold it. You didn't. <laughs> you you no. actually remembered your your chainsaw. That's good. <laughs> yeah, we used the chainsaw, and it was great. It was uh, planted in the snow and uh, pulled the kids behind the truck with a sled. It's pretty cool. Oh, well, yeah, that's that's completely foreign down here. Because well, there are no trees. We can't. We, we can cut down some oaks, I guess. Not a whole lot of mountains either. No, no. It's, no I wish that is a nice thing about there in Oregon. I remember I've only been one time, but uh, there's there's so it's, ah, it's so it's so different. I'm just so used to flat land, and so to see mountains is, is weird. It's weird. So, but uh, you know another thing, actually, uh, we never talked about this. Um, we were talking about the 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 book of Pilgrim's Progress. Mm-hmm. The Pilgrim's Progress. Actually, you know, we talked about there was I actually saw the. The little animated movie recently. I mean, oh. we, we talked about this because we, we, I, you reference it, but you were referencing some production. I think you said a church yeah, did. Yeah, a live but, uh, production. Yeah, I saw the animated movie. I, I have no idea. I mean, the animation on it's pretty. You know, it's it's not the greatest compared to what you see today. You go to the movie theater. It's, it's you know, it's got expensive studios and all that stuff. But so it's not, not the greatest animation. But the, I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Showed it to my kids. They were really into it. They didn't get everything in it, obviously. But uh, I thought it was cool. I thought it was a really cool movie. Yeah, it's a pretty you, you, movie. It's a it's a pretty powerful story. Have you, you haven't seen the animated one, have you? Have I? No, I haven't yet. You ought to go see it. You ought to go see it. Recommendation right now? Oh, What's absolutely. I know. Okay. Yeah, free free publicity here. That's what we do. We did it on the last podcast too. I forgot who I forgot who it was, mistakenly. But no, no, it's it's really good. If anybody hasn't seen it, I uh, really I highly recommend it. I it's just a great spiritual message, just all throughout. Just it's a really cool story. So. Um, I was even kind of tempted to read the book, and then uh, I spoke with someone in our family, uh, Miss uh, Uncle Scott here, and he was telling me how the, the old English it was written in, and I was like, okay, never mind, I probably won't read. I'll probably have a hard time reading that. And so, anyways, enough of enough of that. So, uh, you can always reach us here at Switching Lenses. You can reach reach us via email at switchinglensespodcast at gmail you can also reach us on Twitter at Lenses Switching. That's at Lenses Switching. And of course, Facebook. All right, today's episode, Shane, we've got an interesting one today. I always say that. I need to stop saying that. They're always interesting. We have a, we, we, or else we wouldn't talk about them. But uh, true. This is, this, is, this is a unique one, uh, sort of. Um, we, hear, we hear these phrases referring to judging a lot. I, I, I guess I kind of hear this more really in dealing with people. It's not so much. I guess, uh, news stories and things of that nature. But I hear a lot of people make these comments about judging. And so today on the episode, we want to kind of take a look at this idea of judging. Uh, what, sort of the, what the culture sen- tends to say about judging and 
sort of their view, what seems to be, what they seem to be imposing in that, and then also taking a look at, uh, kind of hold it under the light of truth and see kind of, you know, what comes out of that, and then also kind of hold it up to the Bible, like we always say in our podcast intro there. We're going to, that's kind of our, our, usually our focus, our little process we go through. So uh, let's start off here, Shane, and where I want to start with is let's kind of look at some of the sayings that we hear a lot uh, that kind of sort of inspired this episode. And there's phrases like, don't judge me, you're being judgy, you're being judgmental. Those are kind of three that I put down there. And what I want to do here to start with, I, just, I want to be completely unbiased. Uh, I want to look at these sayings and be totally fair here. Because sometimes these have different meanings, right? So these aren't always meant the same way. And so, like I said, we, we always want to be fair. We don't, always, we don't always want to take things to their extremes and analyze them there. That's, that's not fair. So... Uh, one one place to start here, Shane, is we do know this is sometimes this is taken comedically sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, right, uh, Shane, you always tell me, you know, you're wolfing down, you know, five pieces of cake, and you say, "Don't judge me," right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. Now you hear it sometimes, like with chocolate, right? Somebody has that extra piece of chocolate, they look at you, don't judge me. That's what that's one I see. I see a lot. Uh, it's usually in reference to desserts or something like that. I don't know. I sometimes say it when I have that. Tenth piece of pizza, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, which is but often, it, right? You're, it is. You're often, ever yeah. a lover of pizza? Oh, I, I really am. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's a common one, right? Uh, that, that's sort of yeah. like the like the comedian. It's a pretty innocent one. We're not we're not talking about stuff like that, obviously. That's not what this episode's about. Mm-hmm. But we want to get kind of more into the other kind of examples we have here, and we have sort of the defensive mode. What I would say is the defensive mode, and I think when people are, use. Something like you don't judge me in a defensive mode. I kind of feel like they're saying you can't tell me I'm doing something wrong, mm-hmm. right? Shane, would you? Yeah. Do you get that same impression? Definitely. Yeah, and so there's the def- defensive mode. Then we can kind of take it even a step further, and I think this is probably the most common one, or at least it's growingly becoming the common one. And that's sort of the defensive and the offensive. And I would say that there's it's kind of taking that first part that like you can't tell me that I'm doing something wrong. And I think there's another part added to that, and that is that you do things wrong as well, or maybe you do this very same thing wrong. You do the same things, or whatever, and that somehow kind of justifies it. That's that's kind of the feeling I get. Would you would you share that sentiment? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Okay, that's yeah, used as, but it, it creates this uh, tension because, uh, I mean, this is a pretty loaded statement. It's like you said, we all have to decide. What we're gonna, uh, if you're in a community or a family or at work, I mean, you're always gonna bump up to bump into this, right? Yeah, yeah, you are, yeah. And so, so there we go. I kind of want to lay that out first, okay? And there's just kind of this is this is sort of the context in which we hear these phrases, and that's gonna kind of set up where we're gonna go from here. So, having set that up, let's get kind of into the heart of this, right? Okay, so Shane, I'm gonna have you start us off here. So. I'm going to ask you a really simple question, and we'll kind of get more specific as we go here. But question, I'm going to ask you this, Shane. Are we not allowed to recognize someone else's mistakes? No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, um, I would say we are allowed to, right? <laughs> did, did I throw you off there? It sounded like a trick question there. I'm like, uh. No, no. We're starting simple here. We're starting simple, and we're going we're gonna to go deeper here with it. Yeah. We're allowed to. Yes. We're allowed to. Okay. All right. So... And I think, and and recognize this when you, when you also say that, um, I feel like I'm questioning you, like I'm like a lawyer or something. <laughs> and you're on the witness stand. <laughs> Is it not true, Shane? <laughs> on the date of now, uh, 
I would also say that too. People don't like the wrongs being pointed out, pointed out to them, right? I, I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, if I can yeah, be perfectly like honest, yeah, yeah we can. Like yeah, nobody does, right? It's it's yeah. it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, so that's understandable. I've, we're not trying to come here and say that when somebody points something out that's you know, that you did wrong and a mistake that you made that you should be able to handle it and, and right in stride. And you're yes, you're right. Thanks for pointing that out to me. We're not saying that because we're, we're recognizing yes, it, it, it's tough to sometimes. It's tough to admit our wrongs for sure, for sure. Right. Yes. So for sure. Okay. So how, we, we're we're admitting that, but even having said that, let's really get to the heart of the issue here. Um, so we just kind of wanted to say that sort of with, with empathy, I suppose. Um, so Shane, here we go. Start me off here. So if people are saying when they say "Don't judge me" or "You're being judgmental," they're not letting you say that something is wrong with them, right? They're saying. You can't say something's wrong with me for whatever the reason might be, right? So if somebody's taking that stance, they're saying that you can't point out a wrong in my life. Let me ask you this, Shane. What if they're saying that? What does that say about justice in the world? It's effectively stopped. Ooh, good answer. Explain. Well, you know, that is when you seek justice, you go before a judge and you bring a lawsuit. So okay. we're literally talking about judge, law. I mean, that is at the heart of justice is uh, judging and a law. So, you know, you, you end up in a, in a weird place because you, have, you care about justice and then you're, you have that idea that don't judge me. So it, it, it's, a par- it's a paradox kind of at the heart of this. You know, how do, we, how do we still carry out justice but not do it in a spirit of hypocrisy or or unduly condemning someone so you're, you're kind of refer- what i think you're saying here is you're saying we kind of have what's what you've always called a cancel culture right where we're yeah. where we're kind of shutting we're judging people and shutting them down but you're saying there's kind of a that's it's kind of ironic that that's that's happening right yeah because it's always at the same time the same tracks going on don't judge me Yet right now, one of the biggest movements in um, our popular popular culture today is this cancel culture, the people being called out for something they said or did, even if it's in their past, distant past. Um, and then the consequences they pay can be like a pretty much a, a professional and a public shaming because the interconnectedness of social media allows unparalleled access into someone's life, right? Right, we've talked about this. We talked about the whole Kavanaugh thing. We said that, like, we've talked about this idea of the cancel culture, people going after somebody and ruining careers and ruining lives over something. So, yeah. Well, there's yeah. a movie right now getting ready to come out, right? Jewel, the Clint Eastwood's movie. And that's that movie is about someone being unwrongly um, uh, smeared in the media and the effects that had on his life. Hmm. Oh, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah. Oh, interesting, interesting. So again, to just kind of sum it up there, so you're saying that there's this paradox that exists. Yes. Yeah, it's, at the heart of our culture. Two tracks run in opposite directions. One is don't judge me, and the other one is absolutely call out anyone without uh, a path back, right? It used, to, it used to be the shame was the gateway to grace. And now it's um, a brutal calling out and a public shaming 
that affects every area of your life. And these two, these two tracks are just going full speed in opposite directions. And that there, there's going to be chaos. And you have a quote on this, don't you? Uh, yeah, I, I like the David Brooks of New York Times. He has a a quote on uh, quote on this that quote even the quest for justice can turn into barbarism if it is not infused with a quality of mercy, an awareness of human frailty, and a path to redemption. The crust of civilization is thinner than you think. And he was saying this in reference to being troubled by the hard edges of the cancel culture, right? Mm-hmm. That 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 the it's that morality without redemption is a weight our world can't bear. What person can bear that, right? How, how, what person, because of the interconnectedness of our community and the powerful reach of technology, I mean, when you are singled out, and I read case after case of a person. Um, one time, it was a woman that participated in a calling out and a shaming of a band member. She was a musician, mm-hmm. and then it happened to her a year later. And she said, I had no idea when the shoe was on the other foot. That seems to happen so often. Does it not? Yeah. And and that's only the stuff we find out about. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're creating a really dangerous president in our country when people are called out, shamed, and destroyed professionally and socially without recourse, right? Without a Mm -hmm. way way back. Yeah. It's, 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 It's not a good place. No, not at all. And like again, like this is our very first episode. We kind of talked, we kind of touched on this a little bit, and it sort of begged the question to me a little bit. Was like, if we're going, if that's what we're going to do, if that's sort of the standard we're going to hold people to, and we're going to absolutely crush them by these, maybe, maybe even a single mistake, maybe it's just a one little mistake that was made, and we're going to trash their career, and we're going to trash their personal life, and all this to where they, I mean, they can't work again, at least not certainly on the capacity. I think uh, that they did, or were, I think in some cases, some people, it's not even just allowing them to work in that same line of work. It's like, no, I don't, I wouldn't hire you in my fast food joint. I wouldn't, nothing, just because, I, you know, we're holding that one thing. And like you said, from that quote, without mercy, which we're kind of getting a little ahead here, but that's okay. Uh, without mercy on people, that, that's, it's a, it's a weight that none of us can live under. And it's a standard that none of us can hit. And it's impossible and it will crush us. Uh, grievance causes genocide. I mean, we're not we're not talking in a about an abstract thing. We're we're talking about that. Uh, there's like David's talking about David Brooks. There's fires that if they are flamed by grievance and about uh, and by injustice, um, they can start a fire that burns both the victor and the victim. Right. Mm-hmm. No stones mm-hmm. left unturned. Right. Right. So yeah, that's it's it's a t- it's a tough place to be in too. And so, so yeah, yeah. But actually, you know, that wasn't the quote I was talking about. Whenever uh, we referenced earlier, there was a former president you said that had a oh, quote in oh. reference <laughs> in reference yes. to this interesting paradox of what we see the, the, the cancel culture trying to shut people up, and then at the same time saying, "Don't judge me." Yeah, um, former President Obama said it can lead to a circular firing squad, which I, I think is a is a great analogy. Um, because you end up that the paradox is you end up when you're in your zeal for your purity, as he was talking about, um, uh, you could be so dogmatic that you destroy. And then you got to be careful when you're destroying to the left or right, because, 
people uh, to the left or right might turn on you. And he said you end up in this this world where you've laid each other out, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's no one standing. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it, yeah, and I mean that's our you know so and he's talking in in terms of a, a dogmatic judgmentalism in the world of politics, but really because you know everything humans touch has similar patterns and and, and similar ways about it so you end you know you really you're talking about everything i mean this is this is a pattern that's played out in every sphere of life yeah absolutely and you know to, to your point you know you're you're making the point that we can in this we hurt other people right you're, you're kind of this is sort of a uh sort of a perspective of if we keep doing this you know this is this unfair weight on others and others will be crushed by this but i kind of want to spin it a different direction too a little bit is that I think whenever we have this mentality that we can't admit our we can't have our wrongs pointed out to us, we can't take that kind of correction. I think that can kind of create sort of a, a self destruction, a self implosion, a little bit. And I was kind of thinking when I was preparing for the show here, and I was kind of thinking like, you know, it's interesting. We have a lot of literature and a lot of movies that sort of tell these narratives of people. Now it's usually something like really, really bad. Usually we're talking about murder or adultery, which is ironic for a verse we're going to reference here soon. Uh, a little uh, segue there. But usually in these, these stories, we have people um, committing these horrible things and trying to hide them. And these things aren't brought to the light. And it seems to just fester and tear people from the inside out. And so many of these, you know, uh, we were just talking about this before the show, A Crime and Punishment is a good example of that. And there's, there's, I'm sure there's many other movies and, and like I said, other uh, literary works too that talk well, about this sort of idea. And I want to interject on that. The same grace you give to other people, because really we're talking about hypocrisy when you're saying don't judge. That's one of the big aspects of judging or not judging is hypocrisy. And on that note, the same grace you give others is also for yourself. Exactly. You know, the heart of the cancer culture, cancel culture, is if you crush others, watch out, you might get crushed. Right. So really, it, it actually circles back around. You know, grace isn't just for other people. It's also for you. Exactly. That's, which is my perfect little transition there. Thank you, Shane. Uh, to our next point here is, and I, I've always had this view of that often whenever people are using that phrase, don't judge me. Now, if you're, if you're telling somebody, if you're a person, and I'm, I'm just going to assume this person's a non-believer. This is a non-Christian uh yeah, not a follower of Christ, and they're engaging somebody who also is not a follower of Christ. I really, you know, if, if that other person is judging, saying something that they're doing is wrong or something they shouldn't be doing, they don't take it well. I don't think anybody takes it well, no matter who it's from. But I think it kind of goes on another level if someone thinks that the person who's calling them out might be a Christian or somebody, some sort of religious person that holds to certain values. Uh, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna speak to Christians specifically in this in this case here, because I hear this a lot. I hear this a whole lot. If somebody suspects you to be a Christian or knows that you are one, a lot of times they'll say, "Hey, the Bible says, don't judge other people, lest you be." And then if they really know it, the verse a little bit better than that, they'll say, "Unless you want to be judged, don't judge, lest you be judged." So I I kind of want to take some time to kind of address this a little bit and. Real quick, let's just, I'm just going to read the verse real quick, Shane, and then we'll talk about it here. Uh, the reference that people are usually referring to is Matthew 7, really the first verse, really, but we'll, I'm going to go and read a little bit past that. And it says, judge not that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. 
and with the measure you use it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you do not notice the log that's in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. There we go. Force. We're going to focus on that. First take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So that's the passage right there that I think often gets referenced and I think misused a little bit right there. Shane, what are you... What are your thoughts on that? If somebody were to put that verse to you and say, you can't tell me that whatever I'm doing, that what I just did or this thing I'm doing right now is wrong because you're judging me and your own Bible says not to judge me. Um, so how I look at this is, is, you know how they say never read a verse, always read it from uh, in the context of the chapter it's set in. Absolutely. And really when you look at this, and it's kind of it's exactly what you said. You zero in on what the charge that's being leveled, and Jesus is um, saying, "Don't be a hypocrite." He's saying the behavior, the behavior, isn't what the scripture is talking about. Is about using a different standard on yourself than you would use on other people. You know, so he's not talking because he still says. I mean, this is the key. Then you will be able. To see clearly, to take the speck out of your brother's eye. No one's talking about because at the heart yes. of at the heart of judging, when you judge uh, the right way, it is that you're trying to stop what is the biblical concept of sin, which is selfishness that hurts you or others. Mm-hmm. So you you go you run right back into the issue of justice. You right. know, really, the, the why judging happens is because a standard is being violated that's going to hurt you or hurt other people. And that's an important and, element. Yes. It's really important. And yes. an overlooked one. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, because there's, there's there's a warning how you use the uh, law because we're all under the law. So what you're doing when you're turning to another person, you're under the same law as them. You're warning them, this could happen to me, it could happen to you, and it's and it can happen to our community if you continue to do these things, right? Right. There's going to be, and, and the same would apply to me and the same applies to you. It, it, these like these two guys in the story, the two you know, these two uh, men talking to each other in the story in, in Matthew seven. So he's not saying, "Don't take the speck out of your brother's eye." He's saying, "Make sure that you don't have this is- the same issue in your life in this massive degree that that speaks of hypocrisy." And one of the reasons is why, because you're going to damage the warning of the law. You make the law less valuable. If you if you use hypocrisy and a double standard, it tears the whole structure down. That's trying to protect people, right? Right. At the at the heart of the law is a protection of people because people are made in the image of God. So you, you know you have to look at this in a comprehensive way. The bumper sticker uh, quotations of just "Hey, don't judge me, bro." That's <laughs> that's not going to work. That's that's going to start. That's going to tear down justice. That's going to tear down any kind of standard. So. The idea of don't judge me presupposes that there is a law that judges both or everyone, right? There's this 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 standard. So the irony is animals don't turn to each other when the antelope's getting chased by the lion and say, hey, don't judge me. You know, uh, it's the stronger animal's right. The only way that there can even be – so the, the paradox of these claims are you have to have a – you have to have a law – which applies to everyone, and then figuring mm-hmm. out how to apply it, right? Right, right. And just real quick, a, a little side point too. You know, we were talking in the, in the, the pre-show about this. 
is that you were saying an example when you were referencing about getting the log out of your own eye in order to see clearly. You know, we were talking in the note, uh, the pre-show notes here. We were talking about the, you were talking about the idea of how um, as Christians, sort of, fo- how'd you put it exactly? That following the law, following these these commands of God, actually separates us. Yeah, from yeah. others. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you. Well, there's a bit. The concept in the uh, from the Old Testament is that Israel was called, the people of God were called to be separate, so that they could be a witness. There's aspects of is uh, the Old Testament law in covenant that was given to Israel that served no other poor, uh, no other known purpose other than just to make them distinct. There is uh, ordinances about clothing and about things that would be seemingly um, minute issues, but they're highly visible or highly symbolic that would mark out a person as following the covenant of Israel. And so uh, the idea, there is a theological idea that that Israel was called to be separate so that they can uh, be visible and be a witness and be different so that people could draw the contrast and say, look at they're different than me, why is it? Is their covenant better than my covenant with my gods? Is their community uh, living to a different standard? Is there the love of God manifest in their community in a way that we don't have? You know, and that and so it's a calling of the Gentile nations to Israel, and that is the same mantle that we wear as the church. Sometimes when I, I think there's a wrong concept with the theological uh, idea of holiness, sometimes people to be set apart, they think it is about them, the good, trying to become better. And and really, it's it's to draw a contrast so that the very people that would be perceived to be on the outside, it's a calling to them to come to the inside. So sometimes when there's this distinction, it's not, you know, it's not, it's, it's not to draw a line to condemn, it's actually an invitation to come in. Right. That sort of sheds a different light on on this this topic of oh, I'm hesitant to use the word judging there, but this idea of recognizing somebody else's wrongs, right? This sort of puts things in a new light. Whenever it's to to kind of keep make it a little more inward, when we're talking about this idea again, like Matthew seven about this idea of hypocrisy, right? We got to make sure, you know, as Christians, if we're going to be pointing out something wrong with someone else, we need to make sure that our lives are right first too. And then we're doing it in a way of warning, not condemnation. What man can render a final verdict on another man? That's not our job. Exactly. Our job is never, the Bible is very clear in the New Testament, our job is not to render or condemn any other person. Our job is to, uh, only if they are Christians, is to warn them of of the fellowship that they have to walk in if they confess the truth, right? Right. I mean, to, 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 so... And Would we say that there is a difference, Josh, in um, how to judge a person's behavior, whether they're a Christian or not a Christian? I mean, absolutely. Um, we have, uh, and was it in First Corinthians? Yeah. Is that what it is? First Corinthians. Uh, let me find a little reference here. Yeah, First Corinthians, where Paul says, First uh, Corinthians five twelve, where he says, "For what I, I'll just read a small, a small section of it. I actually have the whole thing right here. I could read the whole thing." Um, I'll start in verse 11, I guess. But now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality 
or greed, or as an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler. I, I, I'm gonna stop right there real quick. I'm gonna I, I just just a real quick sidebar right here. <laughs> just, just it just came to my mind here. Do you ever read stuff like that, or do you think ever people read that you get, when you get a list like this? We see this often in the Bible, where uh, Paul or or Jesus or, who, or the apostle, whoever it is, is saying like gives us a list of these different types of people. We usually see like this someone who's sexually immoral. We see the murderer. Those are always like, okay, that's that's more than likely. Uh, well, it's, okay, I don't know. I'm not a murderer or anything like that. But then there's some other things. And like, I think sometimes we just kind of breeze past those. And like, sometimes I, I always slow down, like, hold on a second. Like, I, cause you know, you, you know, do you ever get that feeling sometimes? It's like, these are some terrible th- sins. And you think, well, I've never killed anybody. I've never committed adultery. And you just sort of like speed read through those other things. Now I've really tried to like look at those really close. Like, do I do those other things? Because there's that one verse, and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, where uh, I, th- I don't remember who's saying it. I want to say Jesus, but I'm not going to be wrong. It's naming all these things, and then it says they disobey their parents. You know, you know the verse I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. I can't remember which one it is. I believe it's in Romans. Okay, so it's Paul. Okay, so it's Paul. So that right there has gotten me like, hold on, I need to read this list and make see if I fall in here or if I'm close to one of these because it's easy just to go through that. That verse sort of made me made me read this. Okay, I digress. There's my point. Okay, let's come back to the verse here. So, uh, so he the list here is uh, sexual immorality, greed, an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler. Not to even eat with with such a one. Then verse twelve, for what. What have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil, excuse me, purge the evil person from among you. So in that verse right there, yeah, it's uh, it's God giving the command to judge those inside the church, as opposed to those those outside. And again, like I think we're, we're in there, aren't we? Sort of referring more to kind of back to some previous points. When it says not to judge those outside the church, we're really coming from a point of condemnation, right? Yeah, yeah, it's not because that's not our job to condemn uh, those on the outside, right? And that's and, and condemning speaks of of a vi- of a final verdict. And what person has all the facts before them to make any kind of final verdict on another person? That's right. never been our job. Our job is to warn of uh, and to encourage and to base it upon the standard that God has revealed, but it's never been our job to be a judge in those uh, matters towards another person, especially in the idea of a final verdict. And we want to do it in a way that is really, it's not as simply as pointing out someone's fault. It's more to point them towards Christ. I've always had this view too. I've, I've, I've fallen into this sort of problem sometimes where, my, my goodness, being a school teacher, it happens all the time, where there's somebody who's, who I suspect to not be a Christian. I, I guess I don't, again, I don't have that final verdict. I don't know that for sure, but by their fruits in their lives, I tend to think they might not be. And so when they're doing something that's clearly wrong and sinful, sometimes I'm like, I want to correct it, but I'm like, if, if, but without Christ, like, why does it matter? Like, if you're not, if you suddenly, let's say you're, um, let's say you're cheating on tests or whatever, you're being deceptive. If I can get you to stop doing that, so mission accomplished, I did, I told you you shouldn't do that. Uh, it's ethically wrong, and da 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 da, and they stop. Part of me is like, big deal. Like you still don't know Christ. You're still dead in your trespasses. Like, th- does that make sense? And so I, that's kind of what I think of when I think of this verse a little bit. It's like to, to correct morality in somebody who hasn't submitted their lives to Christ. 
Yeah, almost yeah, our seems message pointless. Is, our message definitely isn't unless we're unless we're direct unless in our pro, in our process of of pointing these things out, we're, the gospel message is working in the back door there, and we're leading people towards Christ. That, of course, would be the exception, the massive yeah, exception. It, exception. Yeah. Well, and it works. I mean, we're talking like so. There's the idea of corporately within um, our community, outside of our faith community, like in our uh, economic sphere, in our in the marketplace, um, as far as like criminal activity, I mean, you you have to. There is ethics that people have to have. There has to be a standard and an ethics that we hold each other to, so that the community can hold together and thrive. So there's the civic eth- ethics that that we're talking about, as opposed to. But in 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 the context of of our faith and our faith community, that you definitely always want to mention it. It, it is that the law uh, is the gateway to uh, redemption, right? Right. That, that we hold up that, exactly what you're saying, we hold up that law only as a mirror to show you the great need for redemption or for grace. And really, we're, when we're talking about these, these spiritual concepts, we're talking about everyone. I mean, what this is the foundation of, um, of it's a foundation of all the civic ethics and it's the foundation of all the spiritual ethics right. so it's you know we're really talking ac- across the board um about um the same thing that you can't ever hold up morality without rede- redemption right without a quality of mercy i mean it Absolutely. just everyone can't stand uh no one can stand before morality but you can't just tear down morality that's not the answer right exactly and so and, and to kind of sum this all up i think to your point to kind of pick up where you're saying there's is that the idea of not being able to judge somebody, which translation you can't tell me that I'm doing something wrong, is really just foolish, right? We we have to institute justice, like we said. Justice has to exist, yeah. but in that, in, in, in sort of enacting that justice and pointing these things out with with the, the the idea of the community in mind, you know, there is a way to do it, and that's the important part. That's just as important as recognizing this idea of justice. There is a way to talk with somebody to point things out, to not come at them, fingers pointing and yelling and whatnot, but it really is coming from a point of mercy and a point of, uh, from compassion. Let me say that again, from a point of mercy and from a perspective of compassion, thinking about the other person uh, and really, again, with like, if it's somebody who's away from Christ, it's really bring, bringing that gospel message. The, 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 the intent of doing this is to point them towards Christ. And then, of course, if they already are in the body, you know, we referenced one scripture right there about judging the body. It was one we didn't mention, which was, um, which was Matthew 18, verse 15. And I forget what all through, but Matthew 18, 15, also too about judging the body here. So that's sort of, I think that's the point we want to make. And I think a summary right there with that. So to end here, Shane, I didn't tell you about this. I want to have a little Q&A here, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, not at all. Hopefully you read the show notes, because if you didn't, you're not going to know what these <laughs> questions are. You're unable to prepare. We'll see if you read the show notes or not. That Shane nervously scrolls through to see what I'm going to ask him. So Shane, I got I guess a couple questions. We'll maybe try to spend a little more than five minutes right here, because we're going up against the clock a little bit. Uh, oh, I see there. I saw you. I saw you jump on, on my notes here. So Shane, uh, let me ask you this. Is it wrong to make any judgments about people that we know nothing about and going strictly off their appearances? I'm coming in hot in the first one. Ooh, ooh. No, can, don't can judge we, by can appearance. We, 
Not at all. What if uh, what if it's twelve o'clock at night and somebody's at my door and I hear the doorknob jingling? It's going back and forth. Ooh, wow! I guess we all. <laughs> you should you should have read the notes. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I guess I didn't. I didn't see this one. No, I yeah, I don't know. You got me. I I'm not. This sure is always my plan. Every episode, I gotta think of some questions <laughs> to throw Shane off a little bit. Yeah, you got me there. I would say don't judge by appearance. Not at all. Even in that case, you wouldn't suspect. You think someone's? Would you let them in? Oh gosh, yeah. This is. Would you think t- they're just coming in for? A, they just need something to drink or something to eat. <laughs> I guess we all have to judge by both. Ap- yeah, I guess at some level we do judge by appearance. I think so. I I heard I something this got brought up kind of recently. I was like, oh, I'm gonna ask that. I'm gonna ask Shane that on the podcast. Yeah, because my yeah, your, your initial response is to want to say I don't want to judge somebody off appearances. I don't even know them. I know nothing about them. And so, but then, you know, then I'm kind of like, well, I, I heard a scenario similar to that. And I was like, oh, I guess we kind of do sometimes. Oh, yeah. To say otherwise is to, to uh, might as well pluck your eyes out and throw them on the ground. It's just <laughs> to say your eyes are useless. Yeah. So I, it's probably, it's probably a bit naive, don't you think? And on some level. Yeah. To not do that. Okay. Uh, I've got time for maybe one more here. Um, do you think... Well, and, and the idea of pointing out other people's wrongs, okay, and that, and that whole vein. Do you think sometimes people like to, when I say point out other people's wrongs, another way of putting it, invoking morality. Mm-hmm. Do you think sometimes people invoke morality just out of a convenience for their own lives? For instance, maybe like a parent with their child, like having to impose that you should do this, you should do that. For no, for no other reason, really, because it's actually more convenient for them. I have literally heard a parent tell their child that they are, the parent was telling me what they told their child. They gave a message of morality is a great idea because it will make your life more convenient. So that's, a, that's a, and, and it caught me off guard because I had never heard morality being uh, recommended based on it's going to make your life easier without any reference to uh, a right or wrong standard, an absolute mm-hmm. right or wrong standard. Right, it was actually right. seems kind of, um, it was shocking. Yeah. I've heard um, Professor John, I think he's a professor, uh, John Gray, the, the noted atheist, he mentioned this one time and he was saying how a lot, of, he, he was going after, that wasn't postmodern, secular humanists, that's who it was. He's going after secular humanists and saying that there's a lot of times people will merely, impose their form of, re- of morality just out of convenience. It's not because they believe it has any kind of absolute truth of any, it's just, it's just easier for them. That is the great paradox of secular humanism. They hold these values of justice and equality uh, so deeply without any ability to explain why they hold them. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not saying that in a mean or brutal way. I am saying that in a way of we need to be careful. We, we, cannot, we cannot treasure fruit and then destroy the root. So you know, I say this in a in, in a way that yeah, we that if you were, if you if you chopped yeah, I mean we're we're cradling stuff that that uh, we're hanging on to this capital that I'm not sure I'm you know at some point we might go bankrupt on this capital we're holding. 
Very nice, Shane. Very nice. Okay, you're, you're officially off the hot seat now. There was our little Q&A over there. Just to, I, I would love to work that in regularly. If I can think I, of some questions. That's a great idea. Next time I'm not going to put them in the notes. I'm not, I'm not going to because now you're going to start looking for them. I got, I got to keep you on your feet a little bit here. So but that's going to wrap us up here at Switching Lenses. Uh, Shane, as always, thank you for joining me. Uh, I had a great time. I think we had. A, I think we did a good job exhausting this this topic here. We got covered a lot of good ground and brought up some really great points. And as always, thank you for being here. I appreciate it, Shane. Thanks, Josh. I had a great time. All right, everybody, you can always reach us on Twitter, at Lenses Switching. You can find us uh, on Facebook as well and email the show with any questions or comments at switchinglensespodcast at gmail. And on that note, we will see you next time. Mm